Hi everyone and welcome to Conversations Over Coffee. Uh, we have a really interesting conversation to have with you today and that is in relation to <coughs> what's happening concerning sexual abuse in Parliament, uh, sexual assault, rape, everything you can imagine in relation to sexual misconduct and particularly Christian Porter and his news conference yesterday. So we're going to talk about that primarily today and sex assault in general, and particularly also what's happening here in South Australian Parliament with regard to sexual harassment by politicians. So I hope you enjoy Conversations Over Coffee. I've got a bit cut, yeah, today's the day in terms of family, so I need to switch off other things for a little bit. It's a bit hard to switch off this story. I thought the... I looked at the commentary this morning. What story? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, people, there is only one story. Conversation, <laughs> there is only one story in Australia at the moment, in my mind, and that's Christian Porter and the allegations of rape in 1988 by him. His denial of that, his emotional protest, I guess, against it. And so the first thing I did this morning was, and, and I guess that was what Twitter was mostly about last night, was his speech and when I looked at that this morning similar sorts of things an adjunct to the story this morning is that when it comes to the Brittany Higgins allegations of rape and her minister at the time was Linda Reynolds who then promptly went on sick leave yep. before fronting a press conference around that so the current story about her is that she called in front of other staff, called Brittany Higgins a lying cow. <gasps> You're joking. Well, that's oh, the, that's that the is story. A genuine, that is a genuine reaction from me because I hadn't heard that. Hadn't heard that, I didn't yeah. make that up. That's the story. She's issued some sort of statement this morning which argues that she's always supported Brittany but seems to contradict that She <laughs> called statement. her a lying cow. Apparently. We always have oh, to say apparently. Alleged, she allegedly called her a lying cow. Yeah. Who reported that, do you know? Um, no, no, I can't remember the news sources. It was one of the big stories. This morning... Um, oh, no wonder she's in hospital. No wonder she's feeling anxious <laughs> and stressed and needed to take a medical break. God, hopefully she doesn't come back. Well, what a revolting woman. Well, I'm not going to call her that, but... Well, um, she is. Isn't, isn't that behaviour revolting, though, to call The behaviour is... Um, you know, it wouldn't be the first time. It, and I'm, and I'm, I bet you anything there are other people in the community saying similar things um, who aren't supporting, as often happens, who aren't supporting. So a lot of the, the concerning stuff that ran, went around Twitter that I saw a little bit um, of, and it relates to the comments from the head of the ADF. I think it was the head of the ADF yesterday. But it relates to... Um, people saying things like, you know, if you don't want to be raped, don't be drunk and be in somebody's office. Oh, right. And if you don't want to be a rapist, don't be drunk and don't take someone to somebody's office. Yeah, so the focus, again, well, is always on the victim and, the you know, it's always yeah. that victim blaming as if it was anything her fault. So who said that? That has come across on Twitter. I, I didn't want to give it much airplay, so I just saw it and ignored it um, but I was very aware of that and Facebook was running that a little bit as well um, this is old shit that we should have well centuries old 
centuries yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I think as we were saying yesterday, we still have these patriarchal institutions. And it reminded me, so if I think back now, so what I two things I was thinking about this morning, I was waiting for the Prime Minister to make a speech. He came onto the ABC. He did talk about the allegations. He's still standing by his man. <laughs> um, he acknowledges the distress of the family. But in effect... The men are saying that she's a liar. They're not saying that outright. That's not explicit, but it is implied because she accused directly, as I understand it, Christian Porter. So if he's denied it, um, he's said that she's lying. Yep. Really. So so basically that's kind of what's happened. And they try, have you ever watched them try to do that balancing act between we respect her opinion, but her opinion in relation to this is we don't accept... So when you don't accept someone's opinion, are you being respectful? I don't think they are being respectful of her. And I think that what I was thinking about is that there needs to be an investigation. And I was thinking about how so... And you will know far more about this than me, about how so many families get removed on the balance of probabilities. Oh. And I was they thinking... All get, well, 99% of them are removed. On the balance of probability. That's right. Yes. So why isn't... Um, there's not enough evidence for a criminal case. That's right. So why isn't there um, a, an investigation on the balance of probabilities into Christian Porter's behaviour? Well, actually, that's a really, really good question. I don't think it was my idea initially. I think oh, somebody said damn. that's what happened to that federal court judge. Yes, that's right. Right, yes, that was on yes. the balance of probabilities, probabilities and we should be doing the same thing for Christian Porter. So anything... So really what you're saying, this is a fantastic point. If anything does not stretch into the realm of criminality, right, where we, you know, we have judge, jury, whatever, we have a choice, um, then, then perhaps it should be balanced on... The balance of probability. It, I think it should be. I think there should or be an investigation. Yes, we can't. We can't possibly leave it with him coming back in two weeks. No investigation, and everybody just shuts up about it. Which I don't think anybody is going to. I mean, the prime minister might hope everyone's going to shut up, but I don't think so. Oh, they're sitting back thinking, oh, this will just go it's away. It'll just blow away. By the time it gets around to election, end of the year, beginning of next year, Australians are stupid. They'll forget about it. You know, we'll go on. We'll win. You know, because of the, you know, the COVID thing and the wonderful country that we've become because we're so insular. Well, we did look good for a while, but we're looking very embarrassing at the present moment. But, you know, so, so that's what I've been thinking. But I was also thinking about that other story, that movie we watched, Unbelievable, which was set in the United States. Do you remember that one? And it was in 2008, there was a young woman called Marie Adler who went to the police and reported rape. Oh, yes, yes, I yes. I think she reported a rape at um, knife point, even. And then they didn't believe her, and they kind of harassed oh, her. Right. They were all male. Yep. They kind of harassed her. And in the end, she retracted a statement. She had two foster mothers, and they colluded and went to the police and doubted her story. That's right. Well, and she's in a the foster end, kid. Why would you believe her? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and in the end, she retracted her story and said she must have been um, dreaming it or something. And then in 2011, two female detectives, one of them played by Australian Tony Collette, um, two female detectives chased down that story and uh, arrested a serial rapist. 
Yep. So he, that she, Marie Adler, wasn't the only woman. And didn't they? Did the investigating the guy that investigated to start with? Did he apologise to her in the end or something? In the so movie. In the movie. Whether he did or not in real life, but that was a, that actually came to people's attention. So apparently, that was a news story. She'd been identified, and she was a bit harassed. So not her surname. But this woman, Marie, was harassed mm. in the press mm. Mm. when she, you know, retracted her story. Uh, so people were happy to believe the retraction and not the oh, initial yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and not only that, the cops were going to charge her with, a mister, with what they call a gross misdemeanor, which apparently would carry a, a jail sentence of yeah, one year. Yeah, yeah. So, so and that... That was two thousand. It was near the end of two thousand and nineteen. That show was broadcast, and that prompted a lot of discussion, not just in the United States but in Australia too, because so many women said that accurately request, reflected their experience of going to the police and reporting rape. That they're not listened to. They're not believed. That if they then turn around and retract it, they're going to be even more badly treated. Yeah. And yeah. so, so many women don't. I think that uh, the 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 desire to have is a really interesting notion. This balance of probability. I'm so glad you raised it. I haven't thought of it before in those in that context. Of course, I see it in the youth court all the time, um, and in um, where else is balance? Is balance of probability used in non-criminal cases. I think it might be. But um, yes, it's a wonderful idea because there is mounting evidence that alleges that Christian Porter is abusive of women that goes way back to his, his youth, really. Um, so the other story floating on the internet this morning, or floating on Twitter, was that Four Corners cut a lot of stuff out of that oh, they did? inside the Canberra bubble because of lawyers. As well, so there was more on Christian Porter that they cut. All right. As well. Do you think that might seep out over time now? That <laughs> <laughs> might do a second edition. Well, the other thing <laughs> is that apparently he hired, uh, you know, engaged one of the top defamation lawyers in the country. So that was kind of well, that kind worked. of a bullying tactic. Well, that worked well for him <laughs> yesterday. What was the freaking advantage of that? Yeah, well, well, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. So that is then a whole idea about whether this is trial by media or trial by, or whether the media is just you know, if the media hadn't brought this story out, would we know about it? Uh, no. No, but it wasn't the media. It was Penny Wong. You know, it was other people, I think, that had access to the letter that was sent to them by That's true. the deceased friend. But that got out to so. us by the media. Yeah, well, who do you think released it to the, <laughs> the media? If so it was about the politicians complain about the media all the time, but I think they use the media. Oh, of course they do. <laughs> well, so I think doubt. they're rather hypocritical. Yeah, yeah, well, it is the, the media is <coughs> their mouthpiece. But not only giving information, but trying not to give information. Information as well, to try and, yeah. You know? Oh, but have you heard about, so so just on this appalling topic, there was a report released yesterday to South Australian Parliament. Yes, I saw that. You saw that? I meant to mention that to you, that there is a flurry of this sexual harassment stuff going on Australia, around the world, you know, that stuff in New York with Cuomo. Yes. There's... there's 
There is like state of chemicalisation, Deirdre. <laughs> you might need to explain what that means. Well, that's where all the, the stuff gets stirred up at the bottom of a pool. You swirl that pool around, it gets stirred up, then it floats to the top of the surface so that you can then see it and then skim it off. Clear it out. Clear it out. So yeah. we're clear. It's like a pus. It's like having a pussy sore and having it lanced so that you can get rid of all the pus and start the hitting rather than the pus going through the system and killing you. Well, somebody suggested because of the sexual harassment. Now, it amazes me that the South Australian... Some of this stuff I'm incredulous by, you know. I just am uh, amazed at, A, my own ignorance and my shock at how the system works. So I remember when you talked to me about the balance of probabilities when it came to the families, and I was like, what? <laughs> how can that be? How can we run a system of removing all these children just on the balance of probabilities without mm. any really firm evidence? And I talked, about, I talked about that yesterday in a live feed I did for CPP and that was that um, that so much of that decision making because on the balance of probabilities is subjective so it's someone's opinion about uh, an event right uh, and you know someone someone posted something and it it made me think about um, you know, the criminalization around children is sexual abuse physical assault right um, and that's about it because the rest of it the 85 percent of those reasons the reason you know 85 percent of the kids that are removed are because of neglect so those 85 percent of the kids are removed because someone's opinion not evidence not evidence necessarily not clear not clear, not clear and, and definable uh, evidence and obvious and indisputable evidence yep, yep. and if they were placed if it was placed before a jury on, um, you know, being uh, guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, most families would have their kids returned to them under conditions. It would. Well, you know, I find that whole thing just absolutely gobsmacking because I figured that if, if parents are treating children badly, then they sh there should be some sort of conse negative no, I said, consequences. I said with, with conditions. With conditions, yeah. yeah. No, no, that's not what I mean. I, the, you know, the very few that got it. My parents were in jail, were in prison for the neglect of their children. I don't know whether that was more common then, back in the 1960s or or not. And there yeah, but are you were... You were you were, you as a child of three were charged. For <laughs> no, I was sake. charged with being elected. Criminal was, at the age no of No wonder three. I take so it still takes so much responsibility <laughs> onto myself. My own neglect at three was my responsibility. Oh, that's right. A heavy burden for one to hold. <laughs> that's right. It really is appalling. There was another story that um, so let's just go back to Parliament. I guess what where I was saying I'm so shocked, my shocked at my own ignorance and shocked at systems was that on the news last night about the South, the South Australian Parliament, Parliament has no code of conduct. <laughs> you go, what? Isn't that amazing? We're in 2021 and you don't have a code of conduct? Yet as an institution, they request. There are regulations suggesting a whole host of organisations have codes of contact, particularly within the government themselves, you know, like um, DCP. They have, believe it or not, a code of conduct. They have a set of principles that they have to abide by when they're going through their processes. So if they have those principles and those codes, 
you know, ASW has a code, of it, code for... And there's one at the University of Adelaide. I'm used to working in an environment where there is a code of conduct. So, so that's kind of rather gobsmacking to me, that 2021 and South Australia. Well, clearly it was important. it's important to but everybody else, but not important to them. Yeah, well, they have a code of conduct if we go back to parents. There's a code of conduct by parents, which parents absolutely. are supposed to be behaving. Yeah. And yet not for the politicians. So they, do they, have they thought they were above that? Well, I don't, I don't know what the thinking could well, possibly ha- have be. Have they thought that they're above the law? Yeah. Or Do they think yeah. that they, because they make the law, they're above the law? Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know what their thinking is. Or they don't see those contradictions between their own behaviour and other people's behaviour or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, they don't join the dots. How are they handling? How's... I know Malinowski or whatever his name is, the opposition leader's right on to it. Well, he's, uh, um, he's mate, appreciated the... Rep- I don't follow the South Australian politics. My mate Paul would be excited. Would be Paul? Him. <laughs> 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 Whatever, let Paul listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, there, there, certainly it was... Um, the need for change was absolutely endorsed by Labor as well. Um, Vicky Chapman, who's the Attorney General, said her door is always open, and I thought, who'd go talk to Vicky? <laughs> I certainly wouldn't. Well, not on, based on your experience. Our experience. Our experience. Our we experience. both met up with her, remember, yeah, those yeah. years ago. Yeah, it was ago. a long time ago, so. Yeah, it was. It was. I'm not going to talk about that here because... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But but she doesn't seem to me the sort of person that you would go and confide in about something serious like that. Anyway, I wouldn't. No, no, no. And it will be interesting to see how that unfolds. So who was to that? be honest, who I was prefer that? to go and talk to Rachel Sanderson that ever than Vicky Chapman. Yeah, at least if it was one of those sorts of issues around sexual harassment or something. Yeah, actually, I don't disagree with that. Funnily enough, I, th- I find she's much more human and warm. And yeah, yeah, she may not do a job. Well, at the end to of the you. day, <laughs> to me. Well, there's evidence she doesn't do a job. <laughs> but um, yeah, she's she's more engaging. I guess. She's a much more warm human being, I think. Yes, So yes. she would listen. She, w- she wouldn't do anything, darling. Well, maybe not, but I would feel listened to. Yes, that's Whereas true. Whereas I would not approach Vicky Chapman. No, no. Cause but I'm not in Parliament, so it's, but Vicky, it's Vicky, a Vicky, Vicky, <laughs> Vicky's like a lot of, you know, she's, she's a lawyer, so she's not going to... So, so they take this... They take this very rational view of everything. They, they don't tend to have an emotion... Um, an emotive way of looking at things. You know? I don't think that's all lawyers, though. No, 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 I'm sure it's... But it's just my experience around legal it's profession my experience. generally. Yeah, OK. It's certainly my experience around her. So, anyway, that was just the news reports yesterday. Somebody said there seems to be a virus on North Terrace because, was it yesterday? <laughs> virus or was it on, in, on, in Canberra as well, I think. Well, there is that sort of... It's, it is all coming out because um, there's the Canberra stuff that's been going on for it, which is just gobsmacking to me. There's this report from the South Australian Parliament. Last year, we talked about we talked about the Vice-Chancellor of the University of Adelaide oh, stepping yeah, aside yeah. because of sexual harassment in the workplace. And so somebody said, well, that seems to be a virus on North Terrace, but... I think the virus is much bigger than that. I wonder how, why, that's, why there's been that stirring up of all of this stuff. Do you think, is it, is it the Me Too movement? Is it a sense of wokeness? 
talk about these days? I think it's all of that. I think the Me Too movement, absolutely. I think about the Royal Commission, institutional response. We know that institutions respond badly to charges of sexual abuse. That was against children. Um, But there's plenty of evidence about adults as well. Um, And I was thinking about Grace Tame. She might have been influenced both by that Royal Commission, which is kind of in the atmosphere, and by the Me Too movement and people being now more willing to risk the consequences. I'm very impressed with Grace. Yes. Young person doing her thing, being able to speak out, and she, she doesn't... I think she doesn't filter stuff either. I don't think in that press conference she filtered stuff. She just said what she was thinking. Oh, God, that's refreshing, isn't it? I well, hope there was that, that comment about that we all agreed with because we would have been saying it, you know, that Morrison sat to go home and talk to Jenny to find out that he should be alarmed at the, you know, the yeah. charges of rape. Yeah, it's like saying the only time I'm human is when I, when I speak to you. Or when I think of you and the children. Well, the only time was, I'm a human. You, you don't need children to have a conscience. And many, people <laughs> have, and many people have children and they don't have a conscience. And we know that too. Yeah. So where, 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 has, where has his humanity been? If it's not... You know, if he just can't think of the impact that this is... You know, the Brittany Higgins stuff has had uh, on Brittany, her family. You know, and then there was this attack... On Brittany Higgins' partner, apparently, that came from the Prime Minister's office. Yes. Yeah, and so the reason why the reason why he left. So yeah. there's this effort to smirge, to smirk, other people. Yeah, well, I think we had that conversation, didn't we? That they call that backgrounding. Let me give you some background on that person. I hear that in the office. This is not just politicians do that oh, stuff. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, totally. Let me give you some background on this person. So I just think. Why don't we just call that spreading malicious gossip? Why don't we call it, yeah, just gossip? It's just gossip. And sometimes yeah. it's very, in that case, that was extremely malicious. So the question is, why do you need to give me that background? Like, well, what's yeah, your to, motive influence for your p- to influence your view. That's why. Because I have a view that I want you yeah, to agree so with. Yeah, so I want you so to I'm side with me. Yeah. And I don't like that person. I don't t- trust them. And we need to, and in that, that situation, that's just utterly disgusting. Because, again, it's kind of victim-blaming. So, yes. So, at what point, this poor woman that, that suicided in relation to the Christian Porter stuff, um, I'm wondering when the besmirchment of her is going to start. Yeah, that was already mooted on, on Twitter, that that will happen, that she was mentally unstable that she wasn't really all there, so therefore she couldn't be trusted, therefore she couldn't believe her. There were elements of the story he agreed with, though, that he knew that woman, they were friends. They were out together. He can talk about yeah, the t- that, that night that. when they were 18, they were a debating thing. It was a long time ago, and, you know, but, I was... But if you have a significant event in your life where you oh, do you something terrible, those. you are going to remember it. Yeah, that's true. And there was the issue of the ironing, because she talked about... She apparently... I have to say, apparently, did tell a story about owning his shirt and him making a comment like, you'll make somebody a really good wife. And he tells a story that she did iron shirts for, for him and some other young blokes who were there because they didn't know how to do that. And he hasn't of denied that he could have said, he could have said, you'll make somebody a good wife. He could have said, you know, that's so 1980s and further back that that sounds entirely plausible. Yeah. So he hasn't denied everything. No, and he has 
I guess he couldn't afford to deny everything because there are others that can confirm her story. And he must know that. There was a group of them out together that night. And that he must know that there must be others that also know what happened, mm. I reckon. We do know her. What if he bragged I'm about it? Say that. What if after that he bragged about it to one he of his might mates? Have done. Yeah, we know that blokes do that. That's, well, that's what that group of people from that upper-class posse school would have done. They would have bragged about their conquests. I don't think it's just the upper-class who do. No, no, I know, I know, I just... Can I just make a point about the upper class? For God's sake! When did you start siding? Do. When did you start siding with the upper class? Never. But I, but <laughs> I did, think that's did. a problem with men, not with particular men. Oh, true, true. But what if there is somebody out there that does know more about this because of things he said? It'll to come out. Then. It's got to come out. Do you think the media are running around at the moment now looking for all those people that were out with them that night? Well, the other I thing that happened that. was that Christian Porter said that he hadn't seen it. Nobody had approached him with these allegations. And that, you know, within seconds, that was on Twitter with a whole group of journalists saying, that's that's not true. I tried to contact him and, you know, that phone wasn't answered, email wasn't responded to. So he wasn't providing anybody with an opportunity to, <laughs> to tackle him about those allegations, basically. When was that? He was closing off. So in his speech, he said that the, nobody had mentioned those allegations nobody had spoken to him about those allegations do you recall him saying that yeah on the other hand the media immediately got out there and said that's not true we had tried and we tried and we tried and he just closed off any opportunity to speak about this so in other words he didn't my interpretation of that is that he didn't want to know he knew and he didn't want to know there's an interesting thing on media watch this week about the way the press, sorry, the way the press endeavour to find out information from the department and the stonewalling that goes on. And they were comparing whether the Morrison government was worse than others, whether this has deteriorated over time or whatever. Um, and they actually had quite a balanced view because someone, someone from the press who's well known said that they thought the, they thought the Morrison government was better mm. at transparency. But the bureaucracy uh, now is worse. Yeah, something so like that. public servants have got a... Yeah, know. the bureaucracy, you know, so it's the Yes Minister stuff. You know, <laughs> you know, there are all these Humphreys running around the place <laughs> determining what actually should and should not be said, you know. But at the end of the day, I think with the media, with social media, so much becomes revealed that in the past would have remained hidden. Yes. You know, or, or would have just sat in this little bubble somewhere. But that bubble is large now, if it's a bubble at all. And people find out stuff. I guess they always knew, but now it's But now we broadcast it. And now it's being broadcast, and I, and I guess social media is a good thing. And as I said, there is that guy on the kangaroo court who has the audacity. He, had, he was the first, would have been the first person in the country, I would say, to name Christian Porter. And he also named... So he was just out there. Apparently he spent some time in jail for being defaming somebody <laughs> so he's, he's, he's willing to put it out he's willing to put things on the line but the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was another story that was uh, a conversation I was kind of peripherally I guess involved in yesterday on Twitter was about a woman who was 16 I think and I think it was about 1989 so around that time frame she went to the police she was 16 years of old or 13 
Anyway, she's a teenager. She went to the police during the 1980s and reported that she'd been raped. And I think she had... Had she left her family because of concerns there? Anyway, she went to the police. She reported rape. And they charged her with being in moral danger and put her in Winlerton, which is like a juvenile detention centre. kidding. So she was punished. The rapist never been charged, even though they the police still have all of the information on the rapist. So where did you hear about that story? That was an ABC story some time ago. Um, it is an ABC story. What do you think of the... What's the percentage of the women that actually, number one, um, are raped or sexually assaulted? What's the percentage of women that actually declare that event and um, go to the police? Um, and then the percentage of those women that ta- the, where those matters go to court and then the percentage of those cases which are dismissed because of lack of evidence. The so only figure... 1% or something, isn't it? It's yeah, really, really low. The only figure I do know for sure is that convictions are 1.7%. Yeah. That's the only figure I know. We, I guess we'll never know how many women are actually raped. Um, yeah, I, I guess we do. We'd have to go and have we a look. We can make it... Though. Believe me, somebody's done some research somebody about all of that. Somebody would have done that. We could have a look at it. would that. have some figures. But the point is that if, it's that, if, if the chances of actually raping someone and then go, not being charged is that high, yeah, you know, 99% chance that you're going to get off, mm. then, you know, where's the, uh, where's the deterrent? If courts, are, if courts and, you know, locking someone up is a deterrent, supposedly. supposedly. I don't think it always is. But... Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess that's it. It is about having this conversation, having this conversation broadly and not doing what the head of the ADF, I think it was the head of the ADF, <coughs> which was to turn around and say to, you know, tell your girls not to get drunk and go out and party and make themselves attractive. You just think, WTF? <laughs> what are you telling your fellas? Yeah, exactly. What exactly. are you telling your fellas? Oh, yeah. Why are you putting all the onus on women again? Yeah, because is the notion then that, that men are so friggin' irresponsible, or stupid, or, stu- or both, everything, that or so no, unaware of the consequences of their behaviour that um, they will never change. Is this no, the deal? I so don't think we, we should be assuming that at all. No, I don't think we should either. I think men should take responsibility for their friggin' terrible behaviour. It's an embarrassment. Do you think that's enough conversation about rape and sexual assault? Well, for today, <laughs> we're, go- we're going to be having a bit of a break, aren't we? For the we are going to be having a break. So those thousands of people that listen to these podcasts <laughs> will be extremely disappointed that we won't be here for a week. And there I might guess. be some other big story out of Canberra by the time we get back. Yeah. Or some other development. Maybe Christian Porter's done the right thing and resigned. Yeah. I think that would be the right thing. <coughs> As somebody has pointed out, his critical, but his political career is certainly effectively over I was thinking that we might have because we've got the family coming down we might have a, a four way podcast only if they're interested in doing with that with son and 
on it. Yeah, if they're interested. Yeah, absolutely. If they want to. That'd be an interesting discussion, wouldn't it? Because they're pretty much into the political stuff. They have conversations like we have, I guess. Mm. They have great conversations with us anyway that are similar to this form of conversation. So that will be interesting. Mm.